Thanks for tuning in today. It's Kevin with Bison Moon Group, Reach the Moon Podcast. I'm here with Brent. Brent, what's your company name? Uh, company I currently work for, uh, that I'm the director of first impressions, is Next Up. And what would you describe that business as? Uh, we're a software developer out of Orange County, California. Um, we do business on both sides of the border in Canada and in the U.S., so we have offices on both sides. Um, we create a, um, a, a rotation system for sales teams. Mainly we focus on the automotive vertical, uh, but the software could actually be used in any sort of retail environment. So we, we built that based on the fact that we find that a lot of the retail experience for a customer is a little unorganized or a lot unorganized. And so what our software does is we measure the, the personal transaction times and data between sales staff and customers that are coming into stores. So like I said, we mainly focus on the automotive vertical. So when a customer walks into a dealership, we start our software helps uh, that sales team uh, set themselves up for the day in, in a in a rotation. So there's not, you know, people standing around waiting for customers to come in, which is a you know a, a big problem in our industry that we focus on. But it also just allows the dealership to measure all of the transactions that are happening inside the store. Most uh, dealerships, uh, something that's sort of um, very common in our vertical is the fact that uh, there's a lot of assumptive data out there based on what they think they're, what, where they think they're at from a closing ratio, where they think they're at from the number of different types of customers coming through the door. Our software actually gives them quanti- uh, quantifiable data to, to, to properly measure. Okay, what would you say is your role in the design of the software or actually in the company? What is your contribution? So my my participation in the company is so I oversee our strategic marketing, uh, like our you know our strategies behind our marketing, and looking at how we go to market, create awareness, get in front of different dealers, and build different funnels uh, for our sales team. So uh, I will take a look at um, our like what I call our paid, earned, and owned channels. And from our marketing standpoint, that means like, you know, where, you know, what, what sort of paid advertising do we have out there? Uh, you know, what's our message, you know, or what's our brand, like making sure our brand is, is on, is, is tied into everything we're doing. Earned is uh, anything that we're doing where we're getting um, different call-outs from other people in the industry, other, other opportunities to be mentioned or noticed uh, through other people's blogs or content they're creating. And then, of course, our own content is, uh, you know, all of our website, all of our blogs, any sort of content from a social standpoint that we're building, video content uh, of the like. So, you know, our, we are a small company, so I take a look at everything we're touching from a marketing standpoint. And that's really the reason why I came into the company in the first place is uh, they were very successful in spite of themselves. They had a great piece of software uh, that's mobile enabled. They've got a great team around them that, that, that really champions this, but they, they really had a disjointed um, marketing effort out there. And so I've come in and, and, and realigned it, uh, refocused it, and we're sort of in our, just into our second year of that. So it's been, uh, been quite good. Awesome. I thank you for breaking that up so well. Um, where are you yourself located? You said the company's out of Orange County. Where are you located? Yes. 
So talking to you today, I'm actually at the Orange County office, but I operate out of Toronto, Ontario. So like I said, we, uh, we also do business in Canada. We, you know, we are set up as a, as a company in Canada. So that's, that's another thing that appealed to me about, um, about next up is the fact that in the automotive vertical, there's a lot of American companies that, you know, they want Canadian business, they want Canadian dealer business, but they're not set up. So our, our Canadian revenue stays in Canadian banks and we have Canadian staff that handle, you know, like myself, I will work with Canadian dealers with some of our Orange County team, but you know, we also have uh, trainers in Canada and, you know, uh, performance managers that work with the Canadian dealers. So it's, you know, we, we are sort of spread out Orange County, Dallas, Texas, Toronto and Montreal. So it's uh, for a small company. We are, uh, we cover a lot of ground. Okay. No, that's good to hear that. Yeah. The world is shrinking. It really is. What's something on your daily to-do list as an entrepreneur? On my daily to-do list? Uh, sometimes, um, I guess it depends on the day. Like what I, what I try to carve out every single morning is uh, I use something called a productivity planner. And you can, you know, you can find them at Indigo and they're, they're really cool little books. And I, every day can be quite different depending on, on, on what goes on. But so with my productivity planner, I really sort of set out one core thing that I want to get done every day. And it, it like I said, it, it could be different. Um, and then what are, if I get that done, then what are some nice to have after like that productivity planner only gives me five things a day to concentrate on. And because what I find is like my day can be wrapped up in calls and planning and thinking and researching, but I guess every day uh, for me as an entrepreneur, um, and it's something, it's, it's sort of a mantra I live by, so to sort of backtrack, I, you know, sort of ran all over the place with this one, but really as an entrepreneur, I try to do one thing different every day. So that's a keynote session. It's a, it's a motivational talk I give to different, uh, different conferences, at different conferences, the different organizations, different people, but I, I try to do one thing different in my methodology and, and what I'm bringing to market every day or, or maybe something I'm learning or not learning. So that do one thing different today is, is something that I, I apply as an entrepreneur to, to everything I touch and, and try, to, try to make sure that happens every day. That's awesome. Just a question about your planner. Is it something that gives you suggestions for the day or do you make the list in the planner? Um, I think the planner, the planner is really nice. The, the, the folks that, that do it now, I'll just pull up the, the people here while I'm, um, the, the productivity planner, uh, it, it helps you sort of figure out, uh, you know, quickly, like it, it, it just walks you through the, their methodology behind, um, keeping your day simple and in front of you. Uh, and, and a lot of people don't do that. They just sort of jump into their day. They, um, they, they go right into opening their email, opening up their social media. And the productivity planner, like some of the things they suggest is before you get into anything. Um, and it's from a company called Best Self, bestself.co.co, uh, a uh, really cool company. But the productivity planner just basically says, before you turn on anything electronic, before you turn on your phone, before you turn on your computer, your TV, sit down with your planner, think about your day, um, put it in front of you in pencil and paper, knock it out before you start distracting yourself. Because I think the productivity plan, I think their methodology behind it was really about, you know, with as connected as we are now, it's very, very easy to become distracted and disconnected from the things you really need to focus on. So by sitting down and having that planner open every day, that's just a great thing for me because, you know, I've got teams in, 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 
you know, all over the country and all over the U.S. And, you know, we, we've got to move and be very nimble. So if I sort of carve out what the most important thing is for me to do today, and I tie that in because I also use uh, 37 Signals, uh, a tool, they, you know, their software base camp to project manage with my teams and with different departments in the company, I sort of blend those together to, to sort of get my day, my day organized. And I think both do a nice job. The productivity planner from like a, an actual, you know, pencil and paper, you know, tactile book, you know, there's a, there's a lot of great just little suggestions in there and, and, and ways to approach the day. And then with Basecamp, there's just, there's automated uh, messaging and automated uh, things that you can put into Basecamp that sort of keep you on track as well. So I hope that, I hope that answers it, but uh, they're both great tools for, um, for my daily management of, of, of just what's in front of me, because I, I think as, as you evolve as, a, as an entrepreneur, you, as you work as, in different roles and strategists or the planners like you have with your podcast, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of plates to spin, and it can become very overwhelming. So it's almost to sort of take it back, quiet things down, and, and just just focus on a, like you know one thing at a time because the one thing that I've talked about in the past for a lot of people is a lot of people that are leading teams and, and, and other things you, you may have heard at some point in your career or, or people will hear this you need to multitask better and it, this is something I talked about in one of my one of the talks I give is we're not we're not wired to multitask you know it's been scientifically proven that 98 percent of the global population is incapable of multitasking. So it's unfair of people to say to others, you need to multitask, but it's unfair to yourself. We can only do one thing at a time. You, you're only in the moment you're in. So to, to successfully move through my day, if I just sort of close out everything else, move through a task or something I want to get, get accomplished, then I can move on to the next piece or something else I want to move on. But to try to sort of keep a lot of things in front of you, and if someone tells you they're a good multitasker, I, I think that's a bit of a fallacy because – you know, it's a it's a very learned thing. It's something that takes a lot of time, and, and like I said, 98% of the global population can't do it. We're not we're not cut out that way. You know, so to to really get get a lot of things done or to execute on you know something that your company you want to evolve or a startup you want to get going or a podcast you want to build, like you know, it's, it's one thing at a time and. Uh, and I, I truly believe in that. So I, I sort of approach it that way. You know, when I'm working on things like my phone is void of notifications. Like there's not an app on my phone that's allowed to notify me of everything. I'll go to my phone and look at an app when I'm going to do that, not the other way around. And I think that's part of the, you know, it came out like there was a Facebook developer who just, or yeah, I think it was a Facebook developer who just like, you know, saying like these social media channels are programming you. You don't even see it. And it's true, like our phones are, are, are turning us into, you know, Pavlov's dog, you know, like the notification goes off and we stop everything. An email turns on and we stop, you know, an email notifies us and we stop what we're doing. The, the amount of disruption that is, you know, people talk about disruption, but they talk about it from a business standpoint. Oh, this company is disrupting the environment. You know, they're doing something different like an Uber or an Airbnb. But the fact is our devices are the most disruptive things in our world and they disrupt us from being productive every single day. And that's what those apps want. They want you constantly engaging with them and doing, you know, and if that app isn't, you know, Instagram is, is a great tool for, you know, marketing and, and, and connecting and doing that as a business or as a person. But 
if I'm engaging that all day long, I'm losing time against things I need to get done. Right. So if I'm if I'm allowing myself to get caught up in its notifications, then I'm not getting a lot of work done. <laughs> so it's a it's an interesting time because there's so much great technology out there. Yet I made a choice to turn it all off from a notification standpoint on my phone because I, I I just I looked at how many times I was being interrupted from different thought patterns based on allowing my phone to dictate what it wants to tell me. I'll tell my phone when I'm ready to look at things. Okay. Just a, a question then about your entrepreneurship. Do you have any family that helps you in the business? No. My mom, my mom said to me a long, long time ago, never do business with family or friends. So stuck to that. I've got, you know what I mean? My brothers are killer. Like, uh, you know, but I, I just don't do any business. I don't, I, I've never conducted any of my business with family because I think at some point or another things get sticky. And like I said, it was just, I, I, I remember asking my mom that as a kid because we, I had an uncle who was a very successful real estate broker, had his own um, real estate company. And my mom got into that line of work years and years ago as an agent and a broker. And I said to her at one point, he said, oh, why didn't you, you know, why don't you should go work with Uncle Bill? You guys be a great team. And she's like, oh, no, you never, you never do business with family. And it's just, yeah, it was a very quick answer. And, and uh, you know, I just, I've always taken that on that way too. It's, it's not something that, you know, I, I put a ton of thought into it, but it's also my family's quite spread out. And, you know, I have a brother who is a, a major in the Canadian military who is just finishing up a three or four year posting at the UN in New York City. I have another brother in San Diego, California, who's a, who works with Charles Schwab, another one in Northern California who, who's in project management, uh, you know, in terms of architecture and building and things like that. So we're all, we're all in different, we always were in different sort of camps and what we're doing, what we're all about. So we don't sort of cross the streams in terms of business or, or how we conduct ourselves as, as, um, as uh, professionals. Okay. In regards to the company, uh, the entrepreneurship, because I believe you're running two different entities kind of at the same time, your um, spokesperson and then also the software. Where do you see yourself mm-hmm. and the companies in three to five, maybe 10 years? Well, you know, it's interesting because I, you know, from a, this company is, is pretty well established. Like Next Step has been around for, this is its 11th year software. You know, I mean, they've, We've got a nice, you know, I think what we're pushing to is to get, you know, in five years time, uh, you know, uh, as much reach as we can in the automotive vertical. And, and that's just always trying to, but that's also trying to change thinking what, what we're all about. is we're such a niche product for what be like for what we provide to a business is so niche in the, in this vertical of automotive. Um, it, it's really about, changing the mindset of the people that we sell this product to. Um, it's, it's a real big culture change for how dealerships allow their people to engage customers, sell cars, and um, pass people through the process of selling a car inside the dealership. It's, it, there's, you know, I mean, there's a lot of old bad habits that sort of sully the customer experience. So our goal is with the speaking that I do on behalf of Next Up and, and the software we do is to sort of you know expand our expand our reach as far as we can in Canada and the U S over the next five years. That's just, you know, with any product is like, you know, build a client base that's manageable, uh, you know, get healthy growth and, and keep our churn down because we are also a piece of software. We don't sign people into long contracts. Um, 
but again, it, 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 every, every trajectory is a little different. Before Next Up, I was um, a partner at a Toronto-based company called Dashboard. We had started as a digital advertising agency sort of at the, you know, the early days of, you know, just right after the dot-com bubble burst the first time. We built this digital agency, and then we turned it into a product incubator. So we took our best thinking as marketers and turned it into, like, standalone software as a service. So, it, like, SaaS-based products, um, website tools and, re, you know, remarketing tools, database marketing tools. So we, we you know, we built that out and we sold that just over two years ago. So, again, it's just every, every company's trajectory and their goals are different. With Dashboard, we didn't, you know, we were – because we were an agency first, we didn't really see any sort of end date or like goal. It's just always like, you know, keep healthy, continuous growth year over year, uh, you know, manageable growth. Um, some people want to, you know, just like explode. And, and, and some people work towards just building their companies up with enough hype to, to just sell it off. And I, I don't find that that's something that I, as an entrepreneur right now, that I, you know, I really sort of dive into or, or go for is like the fast, hard sell, like, you know, get the company up and running in three to five years, get it sold. Because I also think like, I actually really like helping the clients that work with my software and my company services. I really like helping those clients learn things about the digital environment because I've, you know, because I've always played in the digital arena I think it's very important that if I'm working with clients and, and, and if I can teach them about, you know, how to, how to, how to be better marketers themselves, how to look at the customer experience or what everyone's calling CX now, you know, if I can, if I can help them look at that within their own environments and what they're doing in their own businesses, be it a, be it a major brand who's just trying to reach a market or be it a company like this, a software company who's trying to, to engage its user base. I, I think for, for me, there's, there's never really been like a hard end date of like, you know, here's where I want to be in, in, in five years because I, I honestly, like I was saying earlier, um, I know you sort of need those things, but I, I, I truly stay in my day because I can't, can't really affect what happens to what happens tomorrow or five days from now, or, you know, like your tech is in front. I look at this way in a tech perspective as well. I am only in my day. My technology is only in today. Right. We're, you know, yes, you're, there's planning and there's sprints and there's ways to look at it and go, you know, over the next six months, this is what we want to do with it. But your development teams are only in today. The technology is only working today and it can break today. You know, lots of things can happen tomorrow, but they're completely out of our control. So while planning is proper and vision is, is necessary, I, I've always sort of cut from a bit of a different cloth because you know, when people say like, where do you want to be in five years? I will say to you today at, you know, two, what time is it right now? Two o'clock Pacific. I don't even know what I'm doing for dinner. So until I get there, then I'll think about the next thing, you know, and, and, and people may see that short-sighted, but I look at it going, no, I'm, I'm just in the moment I'm in. I can't, can't physically control anything else than, than the work I do today and how good is the work and how well is it executed today. No, no, I hear what you're saying. It, it is totally true. You got to live in the moment. Okay. Um, completely different question than for you. Have you ever had a hard time or a situation that made you frustrated? Basically, on your drive home, just right frustrated. You sat behind a, a train too long. Well, yeah, I, I think I think what where I've 
as a marketer, um, especially my vertical where I've become frustrated. And I was actually talking about this just internally here today was uh, as a marketer, you know, had like doing agency services for dealers. um, The thing that I would find that would get me frustrated would be that we are, you know, we're doing a lot of thinking, a lot of planning, a lot of designing, a lot of executing of, of all this marketing on behalf of a dealership or dealer association. And that marketing, um, if done properly, you can quantify the business leads that are flowing into, say, said dealership or group of dealers. And I've seen it, it's, it's happened at different times year over year uh, in different, you know, parts, you know, different times of my career. And that, that you know, I mean, just talking from an automotive event, the dealer will come back and say, you know, this this strategy isn't working for us. We're not seeing the leads. We're not seeing the sales. And it was said to me a long, long time ago when I first started working on automotive accounts on different levels, on the manufacturer level, right down to the dealer level, a dealer once told me, he said, your job as a marketer is to get people to the front door of the dealership. From there, it's my staff's responsibility to sell them a car or services that we, you know, that we render here at the dealership. That's our responsibility. And I always took that as very sage advice because I was like, you know, where do we start? Where do we stop? And a lot of times, so marketers and being a marketer, getting, getting the people to the door and then hearing from that dealer that, you know, the marketing's not working or the strategy's not working. One of the reasons I joined Next Up was because this software that I work with now measures all of those transactions as someone walks through the door. And so the frustration on my side comes from the fact of now there's quantified data that I work with that shows that, you know, here's, you know, people aren't being dealt with when they walk through the door. Salespeople aren't handling things the right way. They're not listening to customers. They're not doing the new things. So my frustration would be as a, as a, as a marketer, as a strategist, as an entrepreneur, is I'm providing these, like these, these businesses, qualified leads and, and, and real people that want to do business with them. And yet they assume that their staff is doing everything in their power to make sure that that person's visit is optimized. Because that person, as we know, digitally, any sort of customer that's looking at a business or, or something that they want to buy or, or, or but yeah, again, a business that they want to involve themselves with on a regular basis as a client, you know, they're doing a lot of research on that business. So at the, by the time that they're reaching out with some sort of leader walking through the front door of that business, you know, it, it's amazing how much the business itself from a people standpoint will get that sale. So that's what that's the thing that frustrates me the most is I've actually, you know, physically watched and walked in or mystery shop businesses where they let you down. And yet the business owners or the people that run it always will point a finger elsewhere instead of taking the time to, to, to really reflect and look at their part in the entire process. It's like, okay, we've driven all this business. It should just come in and, you know, maybe close at a certain ratio, but it's not. And then, the easy way out is just to point a finger at anyone else. And so that's always the thing as a, as a, as a, as a business person that can be frustrating. I have to hold myself accountable if I've done the work or if I haven't. And I, I feel I've, I've done the best job I can with that. But I also find it is a big, it is a big sense of frustration when um, people in my vertical and automotive, it's very easy for dealers to just assume um, 
what their staff's doing. And a lot of times it's, it's, it's very far from what they think is going on once they really start diving into the data of it all. Okay. Is there any, is there any support company that you work with? Uh, support company in regards to actually being an entrepreneur, um, the behind the scenes in your company, somebody that might have business cards or if you are flying around, you know what I mean? Do you fly privately or do you just oh, I see. Well, fly commercially? You know, I, I think our like support companies, yeah, like we have, we have some great print, like, you know, we have some great printers here in, in Orange County that, you know, do our, you know, do our marketing materials but you know we're we're big fans of like Wilmer Canada we're you know we fly West Jet you know like we're big fans of them um or American Airlines down here like we do you know we do try to uh you know like for business travel things like that like Marriott um you know those are things like there's a ton of conferences for instance in Vegas like a lot of conferences in Vegas and especially in automotive so um you know the Vidara uh, spa, hotel and spa is, is the uh, like our sort of preferential place like for that support like where do we room where do we what do we you know where do we how are we flying you know who do we rent cars from so um, you know so those are those are sort of the major ones you know there's definitely people um, I get support from in terms of uh, you know like up in in Canada you know uh, Scott Mandex company, Mandex Media has been um, has been really great for us from a from a print side. Uh, you know, the Trillium Automotive Dealers Association, that's the new car dealers uh, in Ontario. Like they uh, they've been a really great support for us as well. Just you know, being um, someone who's helped you know our our company out as we sort of moved into Canada and started doing business there. Uh, you know, with a bit more effort. You know, so those are different entities that have been been really helpful to us and, and like i said we we have a lot of cloud-based software that we use internally just to help us communicate so like i said earlier like base camp from 37 signals has, has been like an amazing piece of software you know salesforce is our crm uh you know which which some people either you know they, they either love salesforce or they hate it but we you know we really like their new environment their their lightning interface it seems to be really good so you know, those are some of the things that we use. You know, one of the other things we use is like as a support for the entire team because we have trainers out in the field, we have salespeople out in the field. You know, I'm rolling around the country, so you know we have to keep track of our expenses, and you know our CFO really needs us to be on top of this. And so there's an app called Expensify that's like it's just killer. Like you know, I, I I've always hated tracking and submitting expenses expenses through like the old spreadsheet ways and, and expensify just lets you like take pictures of your receipts you can do it all from a mobile app and, and fly through it that way so it's been uh you know there's there's some definitely there's some killer software that i that i absolutely love but i think uh Basecamp's definitely one of my favorites okay a question that i always ask is how can i help you reach the moon well i think I think for us, it's just, you know, when you, when you put out podcasts like that, that, that's a great way to help because if there's, if there are people that are listening to this and, you know, especially, you know, for instance, that, you know, as we were talking, you're from Western Canada, I'm from Eastern Canada. Um, there's always, there's always great awareness that, you know, we're trying to, to cover it. Canada, it, it, it's interesting, you know, for such a small population, we're, we're so spread out that sometimes that East West gap, um, 
people sometimes don't know. So, you know, just being, you know, being involved in your podcast with Kevin is a great way for us to um, just have more of that earned content out there that uh, allows us to, to tell a bit of our story and what we're doing to, you know, to the automotive types that are out in, in, you know, Western Canada. Well, I really appreciate it. Is there anything small, like extremely pinpoint specific that I can try to help you reach the moon with? Uh, I don't know. I, you know what I mean? I, I think if, I think if there's, again, like small steps, like if there's, there's one automotive dealer that has like a, you know, like a busy dealership out in Western Canada that came to us and said, Oh, you know what? I heard you, you know, I heard you talking to Kevin on the podcast. Like, can you, can you, can you show me what you guys are all about? Like that would be a small, that's a, that those are, those are really small gifts that you get right from, from word of mouth of hearing something that, you know, comes from uh, like-minded individuals working together to. No, that's completely great. uh, Mm-hmm. Um, Brent, I really do appreciate you sitting down with me. I know that uh, we started off on a rocky start. Is there anything else that you want to talk about or touch on? Uh, no, I think I'm pretty good. You know, like I, I always appreciate you, uh, you know, reaching out and allowing us to sort of talk on your podcast. But um, no, I just, I just think that's it. I think sometimes um, with with people looking at entrepreneurship or looking at the startup environment, um, I know there's there's a bit of glamour to it, and it's very fast paced because there's these success stories you read about things that sort of quote unquote happen overnight, and and I you know what I mean I think that people just need to understand that a lot of effort has to go into it you know what I mean it, it's sort of a combination of everything a combination of great planning, due diligence good timing, you know, but again, it's not something that for the most part is going to happen overnight. You, you know, you need to sort of cover a lot of bases, build good brands, do a lot of networking, really understand your marketplace. And, and then if, if you do all those things, sometimes it'll happen quickly, but sometimes it'll, it'll grow over several years. And I, I just think for people is, is to, while you need to look ahead, like I said earlier, um, stay in the moment of like, you know, stay in the moment you're in and execute as best you can in that moment. Because again, that's, it's truly the only thing that you can control. So, you know, move, move slowly and diligently through those moments and, 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 you know, do your best thinking in them instead of getting so far ahead of yourself that, that you're missing the mark. Cause I think a lot of people come to the table with great ideas that they want to execute. And there's so many things they haven't thought about because they, they've got this, perception or you know this yeah they, they have this perceived notion of, of of how fast it all moves so they just have to sort of float a good idea out there and the money's going to come there's just so much work that has to be done that take your time and move through through, through things slowly and, and you'll get far better results that's actually perfectly well said um I, I guess i have two questions for you and i might cut and paste them further like sure. into it depending on how you answer them is one okay. you said you t- do speeches? What is the subject that you do your speeches on? Uh, there's two things. Um, so if I'm, you know, as far as industry events and automotive goes, um, I'll speak on um, the the current the current um, you know the current environment of of customer experience. 
um, looking at that and looking at how businesses affect their customers' experience. So I'll speak a lot on that. Uh, prior to that, when when a lot of the web was going first moving into mobile devices, I, I spoke about that. So just because, you know, one of the companies I was a partner on, you know, we built um, responsive design website products for, uh, you know, for companies. So we, we, you know, we were, we were very early adopters of that. So you, we got asked to move out. Like I got asked to go out and, and speak to a lot of companies about that. So right now I'm talking about, um, I really focus on in terms of inside my industry, I focus on, on, the bad habits of the industry and how it affects the customer's experience and how to correct those things. You know, some of the different motivational things I speak about is more, like I said earlier, that mantra I live by do one thing different today. That, that is a, that is a talk track that I do uh, for different conferences and different things. And, and it really is a play on my, my story, my background and what I came up from um, what I sort of learned over the last 20 or so years. And then I, I take, my audience through thinking that way as well. And, and that just, you know, that's a, that's another story for another day, but that is, is something that I, I, I carry my last 20 years of my personal experience into um, helping you think differently, lead differently and, and, and mentor and be a you know, mentor and manage differently based on, based on my last 20 years and things I've, I've gone through. Okay. And then it's still kind of going into the description a bit more I know that you keep using the word vertical. Are you able to break that down of what exactly you do for a dealership? So what we do for a dealership again, so our, you know, our software for an automotive dealership. So like our, our software is focused at the automotive vertical. So when our software goes into a dealership, it's a mobile, it's a, it's a mobile based software. And what we measure is what we what we help the dealership do is we help the dealership sales staff um, we help the dealership build their sales staff into a rotation like a, a a live rotation like if there's eight people on staff in that shift those people are in a rotation a sales queue like a batting order almost to be who is the next up with the next customer that will walk through the door because you see a lot of dealerships don't don't really provide what's called um, uh, an up an up system or an up list when customers come through the door. They just, you know, you go into a dealership and salespeople are sort of all over the place. They're they're sort of doing their own things. There's not a process in place. So, I guess the simplest way to put it is, we help the dealerships tighten up a process, like tighten up their existing process. We help them go from good to great with it. But once a customer is in the door, working with someone, our software helps measure all the transaction data that's going on from the, the time they're with a salesperson from when they get moved into a finance, like if they're there and they're buying a car, when they get moved into finance, how long they're with finance, you know, like in the test drives, the test drive is measured, the route, you know, the time in car, how many times the managers introduce themselves or engage with that customer as well. So all this data starts to pour into this, this dashboard for the dealership. And then the dealership leaders, like the leaders of the store, the leadership team, the management team can look at the data that we collect just through a simple mobile app and, and the team holding each other accountable. But now that dealership can look at the data we provide and go, here's all the missed opportunities we had the previous month. If we test, you know, we missed, you know, we had 10 customers, seven of which we test drove, three we didn't. Those three we didn't write up, we didn't sell. So our, our software does a lot of things for the dealership, but it really gives them 
an insight to every transaction that happens or doesn't happen. But then we, sh we shed light on the opportunities they miss. Most dealerships don't get that data at all. They have no idea how much money they're leaving on the table every month just by doing simple tasks that they miss over and over again. Because again, like I said, if they're not holding their team accountable, they're assuming a lot of things that are happening that maybe are not. So our, our, our little mobile app just does a lot of measurement and management for them. Brent, I, I appreciate how you've looked at that angle of it because, like I said, at that motorcycle shop I worked at, I see it. Mm -hmm. I completely yeah. see it. So that's really cool that you uh, looked at it from that angle. Oh, yeah. As you were saying with that motorcycle shop, it's, it's always the thing that I, I say to car dealers. It's someone who walks through the door of your dealership, and with the amount of research they do online now before they walk into a store, it's usually like, you're the store they've picked to do business with. Like, don't screw it up. But more often than not, they do, and that person may leave, and they may not. Like you said, you worked in the motorcycle shop. You saw it. It's really about alleviating those pain points for people so they don't leave, and you, you start to capitalize on that. Was what's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you? I think really the best best way um, – I, I truly like, you know, from a from a business contact perspective, I, I think LinkedIn is the best way to get a hold of me. Um, you know, I do uh, connect with, with, you know, a lot of people I do business with through LinkedIn. Of, of course, I'm on, you know, if you just type in Brent Weiss, B-R-E-N-T-W-E-E-S, like all together, though, that's my username on all the social channels. Um, but I do prefer to connect with people for business via LinkedIn. And I follow people back and forth on Twitter and engage with them on Instagram and different stuff like that. But the best way to do it is, is just to find me on, on LinkedIn and start from there. That's always a great, great way to sort of tee things up and um, start to, to, to talk and converse about things without, uh, without getting too much into, like I found people were starting to really use Facebook as a way to really start to like grow their professional community. And, I don't know. I, it's not that's not jiving with me anymore. Like that's what LinkedIn was set up for, and I think it does a good job of it. So, you know, stick with stick with that. No, I hear you. Well, Brent, um, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for tuning. You're very in. welcome. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, thank you for tuning in today to Bison Moon Group Reach a Moon Podcast, and please follow us on Instagram and leave a comment on iTunes. 